Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. Jesus, 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 Jesus likes girls. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. So we've been telling you guys about all these awesome letters we've been receiving and we've been saying like, I read this letter and it just was so amazing. Or this other letter, da, 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 but we never have shared the letters. And I'm like, what are we, what? it would be so frustrating, you know? Like, um, could I hear one? You've been asking for stories, like... <laughs> For your entire podcast, you're telling me you're getting them. Mind sharing. It's like, and we're like, eh, we'll think about it. I guess Because so. we're making our own rules, left and right. We're like, we'll decide later. I was going to say bitch, but I didn't want to call our listeners bitches. Even though it is a term of endearment in my world. You know who did that for me was Paris Hilton. Oh. Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie when they used to have a reality show. Yeah. Well, it was Paris Hilton's thing, but no, Nicole Richie completely embraced it. And they were just like, bitch, nice. about everything. And I love <laughs> It. And so I started doing it. It didn't go over well because people didn't understand the context. <laughs> Especially at church. There was actually like one occasion where I did it at church. I was like, you got it, bitch. And the person was like, what are you doing? You know, I was like, it's a thing. It's just a slang. It's a term of endearment. And they were like, I don't think so. Whoops. Kind of inappropriate. It's probably an NSF kind of thing, but I mean, in my world, it's my world. Yeah, we're just living in it. I am a sailor's daughter too, you know, just saying. So today we have uh, compiled some of the letters that we've received. I know, they've been, you've had them in your hand the whole time you've been talking and I just hear this. Oh, those are the letters. <laughs> we're, we're like straight administrative today. We're like, <laughs> papers, they're out. We're doing administrative Staplers. duties. Check. Highlighters, check. Oh my god, you actually have a highlighter out. <laughs> Crafting scissors, check. <laughs> we're ready. Um, so? So we're going to read some listener letters. Yep. And share. I just got done crying. She did. Because I, I don't even have to explain why. We're going to share it. Well, if you talk about it, you're going to start crying again. I know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, rain it in, Shay. Rain it in. Keep it together. Here they go. All right. So go for it. Okay. Um, we're not sharing anybody's names and anybody in the case anybody's shaking in their boots already. So first one, we're going to start off lighter and then go deeper. We are? I think that's how they go. Oh. Start off not so, not so serious and then get a little more serious. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't aware of that process. There was a whole collation going on here. So Surprise. <laughs> Hi, Zena and Shay. I stumbled upon your podcast via suggestion of a friend and haven't stopped listening since. Aww. I know. I'm so thankful for both of your insights. I feel like post-private college life had me all in a fumble because the way I saw Jesus looked very different outside my bubble. And your gal's podcast allowed me to realize not only is that normal, but also it is okay because traditional evangelical Christianity is hard and does not speak to the soul that I want to be for God rather than the person the church demands me to be. You mm. ladies are amazing. Keep doing the dance. Love that. I know. Doing the dance. Um, what does that mean? I, I like that. I do too, actually. Well, just because I, you know, that's a reference to like people use. The, are you familiar with that term? Not really. Like you, you guys are in, you guys are doing the dance. I think I've heard my therapist say it. Like okay. you guys are doing the dance and remember the basic steps to how to move to the next 
space, you know, or whatever. Okay. I think that's actually a little more intricate, intricately put. I feel like what I hear with doing the dance is, is what? Is like the like... twerkulator? <laughs> it's time for the twerkulator. It's time for the twerkulator. No, I feel like it's like you're doing your own thing. You got your own dance going on and keep doing it. I feel like it's an encouragement to do what you're doing in the way you're doing it. That's how I hear it. It is, but it is a cultural like statement. Okay. Like you're doing the dance. It's like you're involved in the thing. Well, she totally gets us. Thank you for that letter. That was amazing. Yes. Okay. Next. Hey, Shay and Z. I'm in a Wendy's parking lot eating a salad and listening to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets salads from Wendy's? No, they're not <laughs> Do terrible. You ever? They're not terrible. <clears throat> I took a road trip when I was young to New Orleans. Yeah, and all I ate the entire drive was salads from Wendy's, salad and chicken nuggets. My okay. friend Julie and I, we just stopped at Wendy's like a couple times. I feel like if I'm dieting, that would be my Wendy's choice. Dieting? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have a garden. The garden house salad is just like real basic, like yeah, it's not cucumbers, bad. tomatoes, and some lettuce. Yeah. It's you, kind of like getting a baked potato at Wendy's. It's like I'm, you get baked potatoes at Wendy's. I don't, but oh. you can also. Who the fuck gets a baked potato? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sorry. If I, I'm just saying. I hear you. Postscript. <laughs> fast food i'm getting fries dude all right well this person is making she may have been eating fries too in addition to her salad sorry to like decimate your your life choices humble wendy's brag okay i'm in a wendy's parking lot eating a salad and listening to your podcast it's so touching and entertaining i've been crying and laughing it's so good to hear your voices as i'm on a seven hour drive to visit my family i felt like you were riding along with me your stories are so interesting and when you make your points i want to shout yes that right there (laughs) anyways i wanted to let you know thank you Mm. do you feel that way when you listen to podcasts um I don't, mm, sometimes I guess. Well, I think it reminded me of Brene Brown because when she's Aww. interviewing people, mm-hmm. she'll, when she has an Oprah moment, because Oprah does the same thing, who okay. is also my queen, and she'll say, repeat that, repeat that one more time for me because, whoa, you know? Yes. Yeah. Love the Wendy's parking lot. I don't know. It just makes it so vivid for me, like, to see yeah. an actual person hanging out in a Wendy's parking lot. Yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting to think of ourselves as like along for the ride with people's lives. I know. Because I have podcasts that I love like that and I do feel that way about them. Do you kind of feel like you're you're in their personal space, like almost that you have relationship kind of? Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. If I saw those people, I'd be way too familiar. And that's another thing we're dealing with a little bit right now is meeting people who are like know lots about us and Mm -hmm. we know nothing about them and they want to reciprocate. And that's cool. It is cool but it's new it is new and it's an odd way of human communication Mm -hmm. i mean this is a way now of human communication but it isn't typical you know yeah so when people are in the midst of it because it's (laughs) one-sided right but if they want to reciprocate then it becomes two-sided yeah so if we are making space to hear you it's like yeah we are saying a ton of shit if you've got something you want to share we'd love to hear it too Mm -hmm. you know yeah as evidenced by our letter reading (laughs) You ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. I wish I had a typewriter. Like, Zena and Shay Shay. Okay. Well, I spent a good portion of my life as a pretty spiritual person. Basically, I was into Jesus. As a little kid, I felt God all the time. Hmm. Jesus was my best fucking pal. <laughs> Who are you? I love you. It's amazing. 
Most of my young adulthood, I was deeply devoted to that kind of daily life, but I haven't really been down with the church for a while. I have a vision of how we're supposed to love each other based on what I think I know about the heart of God, and the church at large has been so misaligned with my understanding. So I've joined the ranks of folks who call themselves agnostic or questioning or whatever. Then you started a podcast. (laughs) I mean, let her done. There's a lot more, but... Wow. I know, that's amazing. I started listening yesterday and basically binged it for the last 24 hours as I went about my weekend chores. I found myself laughing, crying, and wondering how alone I actually am in my thoughts about the nature of God. It's good to not be alone. (laughs) I want to say that you're doing something here. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. Try to remember that in your bravery and sharing your truth that you made me cry in my porch. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know if I'll ever step foot in a church again, but I'm looking forward to hearing more from you broads. (laughs) Well, this is making me cry right now just because it is such a lonely place to um, to feel all the emotions of wanting to connect to God and feeling like you can't anymore because of all the bullshit in between in this in the interim space and you're not alone that we have any part in helping people is amazing i can't believe it same it's kind of blown our minds and we're so thankful mm-hmm. it's so cool <sighs> and we she says we're doing something here we don't fucking know what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about we're the best podcast ever <laughs> number one on new and noteworthy don't forget All right, this one is very long, and it's so great. So, here we go. Okay. And we're going to have to discuss lots of things as we read it, okay? Hey, Zena and Shay. I've been binging your podcast and have enjoyed it so much. You've asked for stories, so here's mine. I was raised in a very conservative Christian home. I was in Joy Bells and Christian Youth Crusaders and whatever they named the high school group. It was just my way of life. Joy Bells. What is Joy Bells? I don't know. I kind of want to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) What is Joy Bells? Okay, I'll Google it. You keep reading. Okay, okay. I think we know already what it is. It's, I don't know. Some singing weird, group? dumb Christian it might group. Be, maybe it's a singing group for kids, or maybe they actually play bells. <laughs> they do. I'm going to be like, cool, that's cool. <laughs> My mom served at crisis pregnancy centers, and her whole life was about leading people to the Lord, in quotes. It was her point of existence. She shared Jesus with every friend and boyfriend I ever had. I'm distracted. I'm just still looking up joy bells. I know, but it's like sharing Jesus with every friend my kid brought in the door. My kids would hate me. Yeah, they would. Could you imagine? Or boyfriend? Um, excuse me, uh, Tommy? Do you know Jesus? (laughs) Tommy! I mean, what a kid nightmare. But yeah. if that was your life, I mean, I guess it, it would, would be, be your norm. It would be normal. And the kids probably were all in their same Christian circles. So they were like, yes, Mrs. Smith, of uh-huh. course I do. You know, yeah. that's kind of weird. But in any case, she actually was a great listener and she truly loved people. And she was a weirdo Christian in the best sense. I've known a lot of dick Christians, including my dad. By the way, I have a, this is a sidebar. I is have, this going to be about the Richard Dick? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have an addition to why people who are um, Ricky are dicks. Uh Well, and also Richards. 
Because here's the thing. If you if you got called dick, I mean this is the most obvious point that we missed here. If someone's calling you dick, hey, what does dick think? Dick, you're free today? Hey dick, you wanna go to the movies? It's like, of course you'd be a dick. Everyone's calling you dick. But I mean they're literally getting called <clears throat> dick constantly. So they're so they're angry from youth? No, and I so think they're, they're just, just absorbing be like I am dick. I am a dick. I'm a dick. I don't know. That seems a little meta for me. Okay. Maybe it's just because I'm so tired, but good point. Thank you, Shay. <laughs> okay. I've known a lot of dick Christians, including my dad, but have also seen true intense Jesus following from my mom as she understood it. However, she had a real die to the world, only look at the world through the Bible sort of worldview. I wasn't allowed to watch the Smurfs because of witchcraft. Gargamel. <laughs> <laughs> Because when I first became, when I first started to meet Christians in high school, yeah. they were telling me shit like this. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was so, like, shocked, kind of. I remember a weird And I remember story. One, one friend couldn't watch, watch Smurfs. Smurfs. And she told me it was because of Gargamel. Like, he was evil. I he was the devil. I heard a story that someone had a stuffed Smurf at the end of their bed. And it, like, crawled up their bed and tried to attack them. In a dream? No. It was supposed to be real. Like Shut as a up. like part of anti-Smurf lore. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to watch the Smurfs because of witchcraft or to have a cabbage patch kid because something about Satan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the Cabbage Patch Satan connection. I don't either. Xavier so, Roberts, he was like a, yeah. he was trying to replicate the virgin birth or something. Did you have a Cabbage Patch kid? Fuck yes. Me too. It was like one of my favorite Christmases of all time. Same. Exact same. My mom went ham on that shit. Did she? Yeah. She didn't just give us Cabbage Patches. She got all three of us girls, my sisters and I, a little accoutrement for each Cabbage Patch. So mine was sitting in a high chair. Ooh. My sister's ones were like, one was in a stroller, one was in who knows what, I don't know. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that little baby. I got two Cabbage Patches and each on a different Christmas. So mm. the first one I got, actually I got three. You had three Christmases in a row? I had three separate Cabbage Patch Kid moments. I think my grandmother gave me my first Cabbage Patch, and I was in love with her, but I hated her name. You know how they had names? Yeah. Her name was Eleanor. <laughs> and so... We can't disclose why that's so funny, but it's really fucking funny. And in any case, my grandmother was, I told her I wanted to, oh I was God. explaining to her that I could change the name. And she was like, actually, I picked this one because my mom's name is Eleanor. So my great grandmother's name is, is Eleanor, was Eleanor. And now wow. I, I actually love the name Eleanor. And I kept it. I kept her name as Eleanor. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh my god! But then I got a little boy from my parents, like a preemie one. Uh-huh. And I never had any of those preemies. The very first thing I did, I ran into the bathroom and I took all of his clothes off to see if he had a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they were satanic. They were like genderless mutants or something. Possibly. It was probably idol worship. Or maybe it had something to do with adoption. <laughs> oh my god. But then I got a corn silk one the following oh, Christmas. They were those were the mutant ones. I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing. Actually, but. I did too. I didn't. I don't think I ever got one because when the corn silks came out, the, the thrill was gone for you. I think so. It was still alive and well for me. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I can't believe 
I can believe it, but I kind of can't believe that you remember the names. Do you remember? Well, the Eleanor the one names? I get, but do you remember the other names? Let me think for a minute. I, I want to say the corn silk girl's name was Corinne, but the boy's name, uh, I, I don't know it. I'm having a real white, like, racist moment right now. Okay. First of all, we're, I know that they're, I think, were there black ones? Yes, there were black Cabbage Patch Kids. I never fucking saw one. Okay. Like, in anybody's hands. Sure. Because I was hardly ever around black people when I was young. Gotcha. But these names, like, oh, Victorian yeah. white ancestry, could it be any stronger? Seriously. Corinne, yeah. Marceline, like, that's what I feel like all the fucking <laughs> names were, you know? And I loved them when I was a kid, because I was like, they sounded so creative. I know, and, like, and I wonder if the black upper echelon Cabbage Patch Kids also had those, seriously. You know they fucking did. They probably did. All right. Um, Moving on. I didn't hear a secular song until I heard Whitney Houston in my school cafeteria, and my mom disliked it because she thought the greatest love of all was not learning to love yourself. (laughs) It was learning to love Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I have lots of questions about all of that. How have you... How can you never have heard a secular song? Until when? She was High in, school? She was in school, her school cafeteria. So that would make sense because the only place she would be outside of uh, the influence of her family would be school. And wow. then hearing, imagine hearing a song for the first time that struck you and it was Whitney Houston singing Greatest Love of All about learning to love yourself. It's actually like... Wow. it's kind of beautiful. It's a Jesus moment being to this person like, hey, there's more out here, you know? Yeah. Wow. Uh, anything that sniffed of New Age was out, so no yoga. And she felt the schools were trying to indoctrinate kids with the gay agenda and values clarification. And I don't know what values clarification means. Did you ever find Joy Bells over there? Um, it's not gonna, it's not in the cards for us. Okay. okay. <laughs> Lots of things came up. There's way no there's no way to sort through too many. Yeah. All right. I think it was my my take bells. I think they were playing bells too. We're, she- we're geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking detectives. We're on the case of joy bells. All right, she strongly believed Christianity was being persecuted. My point is that in my my early life was total conservative evangelical culture immersion. There's an episode of This American Life called The Chip in My Brain, and I feel like I've been spending the last 25 years of my life trying to get rid of the chip in my brain, but it's still there as my default setting. I'm trying, though. It's really well said. Yeah. Um, I went to art school for college and grew out white girl dreadlocks. <laughs> My ra- my Rasta phase, <laughs> By the way, um, a listener specifically requested a picture of your dreads, and I, I noticed I it has not been published. Okay, fine. I'll put up one, guys. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um... I went to a lot of concerts and threw out everything I was taught, renounced Christianity, and told my mom I was sleeping with my boyfriend. Mm. Damn! <laughs> I mean, that's, that's... That's pretty huge. It's a huge drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm done. Yeah. I didn't care when they stopped supporting me financially because I chose to live in sin. <sighs> wow. All right, so this, we got a bold bitch on our hands. <laughs> 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 we got a bitch who was like growing my white dreads and sleeping with my man and telling my mom. Get it. Love her. Okay. Then, while stoned, I had an experience with God I couldn't deny. After that, I had a negative acid trip and decided I was going to return to Jesus. My parents were so happy that they bought me a car. <laughs> <laughs> 
That reminds me of Gilmore Girls. Okay. And how, because I just watched an episode recently where um, Rory left school and then um, Richard and Emily realized that Rory's probably not, that she's having sex with her boyfriend in their pool house that they've made elaborately set up for her. Having sex in the pool house? Yes. And um, he says, he's he starts to become disappointed with her. Yeah. And realizes she's not going to go back to school and what a sad thing that is. And so he goes to Lorelai and says, we need to, we need a plan. And he starts that. coming up with all these ideas. We can buy her a car. Uh, we can. He goes. We we can buy her a house. Yeah. And Laura like shuts him scene. the fuck down. She's like, I came to you. Yeah, we I, had a plan. We had. I had a plan. And, and you if you knew Rory, wouldn't you know it. she can't be bought? Aw, I love that scene. I know. Me too. Gilmore Girls forever. I cut my hair. Told them no more pot. No more hippies. No more art school. No more art school. I know. No more hippies. They mm. can go. I never follow a hippie to a second location. Words to live by. I found a pretty unorthodox church and loved it. People drank, swore, loved each other in a real way. I got married and started raising my family in that community. I mostly stayed home with my kids, but tried not to shelter them. I let them watch Spongebob, even though my mom disagreed with them living in Bikini Bottom. (laughs) I love you. I I love Spongebob so much. Yes. I wanted my kids to think for themselves and teach them about Jesus. I went through these same kinds of patterns as a parent trying to fit into the evangelical. What's okay, what's not. Yeah. Okay. And I feel, I, I think Spongebob was on the, didn't make the cut. I used to tell my kids they couldn't work, watch certain shows. And Spongebob was one of them? Spongebob was one of them at first. And oh. I don't remember what, it wasn't because of Bikini Bottom, but I can't remember what ridiculousness it was. Okay. But then I had this like come to Jesus moment about Spongebob. Did you? <laughs> what I realized was that Spongebob is actually really, really kind. He's super thoughtful. Hmm. He loves Gary so much. Okay. And he loves Patrick so much. There's a lot of love going on in Spongebob Square Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. But my marriage had been rough. Even though I was home, there was no complementarianism in our relationship, a term I learned from your podcast. <laughs> but I wasn't a great wife. My husband worked and supported us, but I always was stressed about money and ungrateful. I was cold and mean to him a lot of the time. I thought about other men and got too close to one of them and ended up having an affair. Just want to say, hashtag real talk. Thank you so much for your honesty. I literally thought you were going to say, just want to say, me too. (laughs) We've all (laughs) been there. Wow, I didn't know that, (laughs) Zeno. Okay, it was, okay, I ended up having an affair. It was terrible, and it all came out. The pastor of our church forced me to tell the details as what we the fuck? were going to the same church. Wait, the, the person that she had an affair with? Correct, okay. yeah. It was so horrible. My husband lost it and ended up needing professional help. I did everything to get him back, but we separated, and while we were apart, he had an affair. Mm. So rough stuff here, you know? But our story ends with crazy redemption. He got better and wouldn't sign divorce papers and started asking to be with me again. I held him off for a long time, and then with counseling, we put it back together. Wow. Jesus put it back together. We've been married 22 years now, and I love him, and most days I even like him. (laughs) The epitome of marriage. So, life, right? 
super weird. I think that having those affairs changed me and my understanding of people's relationships with God. I became able to see that shit ain't perfect, that I'm not perfect. People do things that you can't understand. It's hard to find a place to judge from. The chip in my brain is finally getting rubbed out. My default setting lately has been more and more tolerant of what I just do not know. I don't know if it's wrong for people to sleep together outside of marriage. I don't believe anymore that it's essentially wrong to be gay. Just in time for my oldest child to tell me that them and their best friend are more than just friends. All I know now is that I love both of them so much. Mm -hmm. I still love Jesus, but I can barely bring myself to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time admitting I'm a Christian to people because, like you've said, Christianity's, Christianity's reputation has been so destroyed. It's incredibly sad because I have actually known such good ones. But the truth is, even my mom voted for Trump in 2016 because he would facilitate Christian values. I don't know what's wrong with them. You say <laughs> ego, but for her, it was purer and so blind. Mm. I just don't know. I feel so shy to send this, like I just wrote celebrities. <laughs> well, we are. You guys honestly sound so much like me and my besties, and I just love your podcast. Oh, Thank you so much. Seriously. This is, I mean, I don't want to judge the, the stories, but this is my favorite so far. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm not going to judge, but you win. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> this is so great. I mean, everything. Well, she shared so much more about her life than most of the other letters that we've read so far. So far, yeah. I mean, well, she's a great writer. And she also, like, I think by sharing about um, marriage and affairs and things like that and just saying, like, going through that made me realize how little I actually understand about God. Like, once all the rules got broken yeah. and um, I still, you know, life looks so different. And I know that I'm still loved by God, and I still love God, but it's just, it's from a different vantage point, you know? Yeah. And she says it so well. She really does. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you. It's really interesting because I feel like I've, I feel like this is my story. I feel like this is almost everyone's story. It's the same. Is, well, we can try to, we can try to live a life living in this box of what the church tells us looks like following Jesus and having an intimate relationship is. Hmm. And it doesn't fucking work. So you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. But you do want to throw the box to the fucking curb. Yeah. <laughs> and say, I'm in a box. How did I get in this crazy box? And get out of it. Yeah. And guess what? Jesus still loves you. And he's exactly the same. Yeah. He like, might Jesus, even be better. <laughs> he never changed. <laughs> well, I mean, you might finally comprehend that he's better. Yeah. You know, that he doesn't just exist in the box. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Are we done? No. You have another one. Oh, I do? <laughs> Let me find it. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. I'm confused. It's like fun and right touching. Hey, Zina and Shay. I wanted to say thank you for this podcast. I grew up Catholic until I started college and have been recovering since then. Mm. I listened... To the first episode, laughed and cried. This is a recurring theme. Did I the... read this one? No. Okay. But there's been a lot of laughing and crying. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Same. I've been crying almost this whole fucking time. <laughs> and now I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I left because I found the community in the church to be so hypocritical and judgmental. Mm. My mom wasn't born Catholic. She was kind of Baptist. So I had some view that there wasn't only the apostolic church, that Catholicism was the only way. But I always felt this weight of guilt for not being perfect. Mm. I mean, from the time you were seven years old, you had to confess your sins to a priest and then pray to be forgiven. You know, this is this is something I've heard many people say. Me too. That, that the weight of perfectionism as a kid being there's a certain personality type I think that um, understands how the dividing line between saved and unsaved and it it sends their anxiety through the roof you know for an anxious personality as a young person and this idea that I'm never good enough I'm never good enough like gets cemented yeah. for them as a kid yeah understandably yeah well if the if the line like do you know jesus do you really know jesus is what you hear all the time versus you're loved by god god loves you you know and you're never going to meet the expectations of perfectionism that's the key like do you know any altar calls i fucking raised my hand to after i was saved How many? because oh well Seven to be exact. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. But I did it over and over again because I had doubt that I was meeting the expectation. Right. You know? Am I really saved? Am I doing this? Especially as a kid because you have such knowledge gaps. Yeah. You know, and that's fucking true. And if you have conservative parents who aren't also fleshing out like, uh, you know, the inseparable love of Christ for you, like then you just feel like you've Or got unbelieving parents, you know, parents who don't care about God. Okay. You have no perception of like what's real true spirituality is. Well, that wasn't my problem. Yeah, I know. I mean, I had parents that didn't believe and I didn't feel like I had to be perfect for any spiritual sense. Well, you're kind of an anomaly. Yes, you okay. really kind of are. All right. But I'm just saying, like, I always was doubting whether or not my efforts, like kind of a Jeremiah 29, 13, like you will find God when you seek him with your whole heart. I was always like, have I sought him with my whole heart? Have I like truly died to myself? Did I actually like really repent and confess my sins? And am I actually born again? Right. It's a real convincing argument when somebody's saying, questioning that, like, you probably haven't. Well, and the core um, falsehood in that mindset is that we control our relationship with God. That's right. And when you do X, Y, and Z, then God does A, B, and C. But the truth is, is that we are not in control of our relationship with God, period. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can do. Because I, what I relate to about the struggle is always, was I discerning God's will enough? Was I actually doing during my time on earth the things God had for me to do? You know, and that emphasis. So believing I could discern the will of God and do it, you know, mm -hmm. and um, realizing that I, I now completely don't believe that human beings can discern the will of God. I don't think that's true. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, what a fucking joke. <laughs> Seriously, um, the creator of the universe, would you mind telling me what you're going to do? What you want me to do? No, 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 no. 
it doesn't work that way. You know, like we can perceive God's will in our midst. Like we see things happen, but like, and maybe we can join in, be a part of what God is doing if we can perceive it. Mm -hmm. But like actually understanding the mind of God, how presumptuous. Yeah. But I don't feel like, I hear what you're saying and I agree with you, but my trepidation to like fully commit and embrace what you're saying is I do believe that like God speaks to us. Sure. Well, I mean, okay, listen, there have been lots, there still are lots of times where I'm like, I know that this is Jesus speaking to me. Now, does that mean like I hear his voice and he's saying, go talk to this person and tell them about me? Go buy this person a gallon of milk. (laughs) No, but I have, I have, well, let me give, let me backtrack and say. Okay. I want to say what I hear you saying is like, there are promptings from the Holy Spirit that you could do X, Y, or Z things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. But that Jesus like downloads your life plan into your brain and then you walk it out with perfection. No, 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 no. I used to believe that that was true. Me too. Yeah. And that really fucked with me because I was always like, did I hear it right? Am I doing it right? Right. There's that. And then also you can do crazy shit with your life and end up like across the globe. And then, you know, like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm -hmm. Because that, that idea is so taught in the Christian world that you can discern God's will and you should do it and whatever it is, whatever the cost. And so then what do you do? You just do things that other people are doing mm-hmm. that you think are supposed supposedly Christian, right. you know, instead of the thing that God actually might be leading you as an individual to that looks nothing like, like we've said before, anyone's ever seen, mm-hmm. which is much different and not a download. It's a step-by-step process. And the Holy Spirit might get involved there if he wants to, but... You can't make it happen, you know? Yeah, but you will really make yourself crazy trying to make it happen. Oh my gosh. People have destroyed families trying to make it happen. And what is it really? It's like a Christian box ideal. It's meeting the mark of what it looks like to be a Christian and really following God and being sacrificial, dying to self. Yeah, intentions are great, you know, but you know what they say, road to hell, pave good intentions. What is that? That is a a thing? (laughs) That's saying it is, yeah. Like all of your like intentions, <laughs> <laughs> all of your intentions might be great, and then you might end up doing something that's so far from anything God ever Best had for intentions you. Intentions were paved road to hell. No, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Oh, I never heard that. I mean, I believe that, but <laughs> we have jumped so far from this letter. <laughs> What were they even saying? Oh, they were worried about being perfect from the time they were seven. Oh, oh my God. We were talking for a long time. We really went sideways. Anywho, I mean, from the time you were seven years old, you had to confess your sins to a priest and then pray to be forgiven. You had to do confession and confess. I was so scared about doing wrong that I never did. And then I was scared that I wasn't going to confess enough. Seriously, that makes me sad. It's so much stress on a child. I know. For a goodly portion of my tween to teen years, I had a priest, Father Bell. You think he started Joy Bells? Who was a wonderful human being. He would teach what I had always thought Jesus represented, Mm -hmm. love and compassion. But the parish council didn't seem to like that. They tried to get rid of the youth group, which I was so involved in, and basically drove him away by causing, and it caused so much grief because... 
wait, I basically drove him away by causing so much grief that because the stress his because of the stress, his health declined and he moved to a smaller parish, or so they say. I felt betrayed. So during my college years, I tried out other types of churches and nothing seemed to fit. I went home for an Easter with my family one year. There was a new priest, one of those judge, judgy types, and this little girl who was eight sang a song during the Eucharist. After she was done, myself, my brother, and a few other people were so moved that we stood and clapped for her. We were yelled at in front of the whole congregation. I knew that I was done with the church. Mm. It's taking taking me 25 years to stop dwelling on stupid things I've done and not feeling guilty about it. I just want to say thank you for saying all the things I think about. It's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To get yelled at in front of a congregation. I mean. There's a lot of shame that happens in the church, you know? Oh, so much. You put a group of human beings together and things are going to get fucked up. No matter what the group is. But see, that's the thing. Like, you never... If someone comes, if someone is willing to walk through the doors of a church, you have no idea of what they've been through, mm. what the church is, like, a trigger point for. And then to yell at people is, like, how far from the heart of God do you have to be? Because you have an idea of how you should behave when you're in this place, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of when I took someone to a meeting once, and this person was way outside of Christian norms, but they were interested in Jesus, and we were talking about Jesus, and this was supposed to be a group where anyone could ask anything, and they'd be totally, it would be a safe place and a safe environment, and I believed it and brought someone. No. This is going to be a sad story. Is this one going to make me cry? No. No. Because they ended up being great. And but we were at the table and the person I brought, I could tell like she was having a great time. They had good food. We we're having a fun, like interesting discussion. But as she was talking, she was saying things like karma or, you know, the spiritual terms that she used for her way of understanding her own spirituality, her faith. Mm -hmm. And one of the leaders of the table stopped, oh. stopped the conversation and was like, um, excuse me, um, and said her name and was like, would you mind, uh, stop, if you'd stop using all of those new agey terms. Get out. Nope. And right at that moment, my heart plummeted into my stomach, and I looked at her, and it's like her whole countenance, her whole face was just like shut down, mm -hmm. and she didn't speak for the rest of the night. I'm so sad. I mean, I'm so sorry. And we were driving home, and I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I was like, I didn't know that that would be that way. And I just wanted to say, like, I had a totally different set of expectations for tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I brought you. And she was laughing. And she's like, well, you know what they say about expectations. <laughs> well, is this another fucking term I don't know? What? I know. I was like, what do they say? And she goes... They'll fuck you every time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like in the car and she's cracking up and she's talking about expectations fucking you every time. And I was like, mm -hmm. and the deal is she was totally right. Yeah. She was like beyond it anyway, you know? Yeah. It's like sometimes people are so much further ahead, even though they don't use the right terms. She was actually way farther than me, wow. you know? And she was able to roll with that night with Grace, where I was, like, so paralyzed by this terrible thing I brought someone to. But it probably didn't uh, help her journey towards the American Christian church. <laughs> right? I mean, 
I have had some experiences in churches where they didn't shut down or shame the person who is behaving outside of the Christian norm in church. And I've appreciated it so fucking much. Right. I love it. It makes me so happy when people are given the freedom to be themselves. It's rare. It's so rare. It's like almost non-existent. Yeah. But when it happens, it's like, and how low is the fucking bar? That like, if somebody is like asking a question to a pastor during a sermon, I think like the church is a revo- has revolutionarily changed. You know? <laughs> right. Or that, how low is the bar if like you say you're going to have a night where all questions are welcome and you say that and you lead that way. Yeah, it's it is truly revolutionary for how the church has operated. Yeah, but I mean they failed. They couldn't do it. Yeah. They said they were doing it and they oh, were Oh, right, right. I was like to... it is really revolutionary. And you're like, no, it didn't happen, Shannon. Like, oh yeah, that's right. It would have been cool if it happened. <laughs> and probably other people are doing it better, but They are. There are people out there doing it well. Yeah, there are, but uh not in this particular night. <laughs> Okay. Do well, we have any more? That's all the letters for today. Yeah. But, we do have some more, but we're going to hold on. Yeah. If Please keep writing us. JCLikesGirls at gmail.com. Dot com. Tell us who's... It's the new um, Yahoo. I'm, cho- I'm going to be the forerunner to yeah. change the jingle for Gmail to Yahoo. Okay. Let me hear it. Gmail. Nice. It's going to catch on. Okay. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, we're still working on that Patreon page. Yeah. It's about to drop. Drop hard. So we're trying to get that together. Oh, one, one other person did reach out to us. Ooh. Jonathan Paletti, our friend. JP <laughs> in the house again. She loves us. JP wrote out in, in a response message to our <laughs> critique of his... Very kind and generous article that he wrote about us. It was very kind. We did decimate it a little bit. I mean, we... A fun podcast, I believe it was called. We deconstructed it. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote and he said, sorry about the title, I guess. <laughs> oh, we shamed him. <laughs> I actually don't feel that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so he he did he did cop to that and he was like not not my best not my best work and then but then also he tried to defend part of it about the name of the title nope what free wheeling <laughs> <laughs> he wrote he sent a picture of uh the bob dylan album called free wheeling i don't know what it's called oh it's like free wheeling with bob dylan or something it's a bob dylan title and he was like this is where I got the free wheeling. And I was Inspo? just like, so I wrote um, him back. I'll take it. I'll like, take it. I wrote him back and said, it doesn't make it cooler, JP. Oh my God. You're <laughs> such a fucking badass. And I just love you so much, Zena. Zena, I really do love you so much. <laughs> well, I think You're like, not going to cut it, buddy. No. Still sucks. Yeah. But I figured... You know, he's he's a cool guy. Yeah, Jonathan Paletti is writing some amazing stuff on Medium. You guys should really check him out. Mm-hmm. He just recently did an article called The Gay History of Bob Jones University. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just does so many wonderful, interesting takes on the culture. It's He's great. He's great. So check him out. <sighs> I'm being really quiet because I'm like, yes, I don't know. Yeah, he's But I will. Stuff. I want to. You should. He's good. And he's a fan. He's a listener. He's got a couple. He actually has an idea for a podcast for us that we need to talk about. It's pretty good. Hmm. JP coming through. Yep. I really love to see a positive man who's not trying to control us. Right. Or it's is... so fucking rare. 
<laughs> he's, he's a supportive guy. He gets it. He yeah. gets it. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks. Well, thanks so much for writing us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget we're on social media. Yep. Facebook, Instagram. Join our Facebook group. I, I, every week I say I'm going to fix this shit and I'm just, I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.